Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Today we're going to be talking about the May 2021 special election that featured eight uh, ballot propositions. Uh, this was last Saturday. Today we're recording this on Thursday, May 6th, and it's a recap of uh, some of the, the highlights of those uh, of the results. We have with us contributor Karan Spearman to break these out, and we're going to have a blog post by Karan later up on the site as well. Karan, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's going on? Nothing. Oh, not not too much and everything, man. It's always it's always <laughs> something. The day is young. It's, it's council day. Uh, we'll be coming in at 10 and there's some items on there we're watching. Um, but right now we'll talk about last Saturday. And, um, you know, we there are a few things I think uh, we'd written about. We'd written about some things last week and um, want to get your, your your thoughts on some of the items that were particularly hot on this uh, May ballot. And we'll, I want to start with Prop B. That was, that was the homelessness um, initiative, or not initiative, I'm sorry, the homelessness proposition that would revert Austin back to uh, city ordinances from July 2019, or prior to July 2019. And these were basically, uh, uh, that had decriminalized, in essence, camping in place and uh, certain uh, panhandling um, activities. But what were your thoughts on that? And just let's re- recap what happened with it. Well, um, you know, it was it was a a of of the eight, it was probably the, the most hotly contested. It's probably the most visible too, right? Most Maybe. visible because it's right there. I mean, there <laughs> you can see them when you're driving by. There, so the you can see the you know quote unquote the problem right there in the street. So it had a more of a visceral sort of um, situation kind of surrounding that. Um, so obviously the, it passed uh, uh, 5842. Um, it looks like it passed. It would seem, I don't know the, the, the we, we don't have really confirmed district numbers, but it, it appears to have passed mm-hmm. in districts two, five, six, and eight. Um, it appears, I'm just going to say it like that. I don't want to say anything that's super confirmed. There's no way to do that right now because I don't have any of the numbers, but um, so I know, also know that there was a, you know, a pretty large, um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the pack that, um, it was a save Austin now, save Austin now. So they, you know, I think it was, it was a large amount of money that they put, put behind the, the, the proposition, uh, around getting people well, to vote for other it. propositions that passed, that um, passed with 81% so, of voters. Yeah, I'm, over here. I'm being loud. Um, so, you know, and the, the, the main issue that people's, you know, after the vote, the contention is right now is that most of the people who voted for the proposition are people who do not live in areas where the, the homeless would be. Right? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? So they have this outsized effect coming from different areas of Austin, like West Austin, into spilling into other places that are actually, you know, they sit yeah, face yeah. to face with homeless people. So. I would say the five, or at least the four districts that, at least it's it's it's, you presumptively were this past. Uh, wait, so when you're saying it's passed, that that's where they, you know, we know for sure those numbers were that they they that it passed out. I mean, districts two and five are ones where I know there's probably a more visible, uh, especially district two, more homeless presence than I think definitely in six or eight. Those are both West Austin, Southwest Austin, District Eight, Northwest Austin, District District Six. Um, but yeah, I think the voter just just the maps I saw the kind of the visual maps I saw. I mean, the strongest 
overall, I mean, Boulder Town overall was stronger in, in West Austin. Right. For sure. Generally. Right. So, um, and it, it's always been that way. I mean, I don't think that's, you know, I think that's part of the, um, um, the larger picture here, right? It's, you know, they consistently are at the ballot, right? They're people on uh, West Austin are consistently at the ballot. They're consistently making their voice heard through the ballot. So I'll say too, uh, just being a May election, you know, May, it's, it's, it's a special election, but in May, you know, turnout in general, uh, it's, it's hard to get people to come out and vote unless it's, you know, now we'll get to that, the mayoral uh, proposition as well. Um, but getting people to vote in general is hard. Definitely, in, you know, in special elections in May. Yeah, this was on. A, I mean, they had early voting. This was on a Saturday, and you know that it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was it was still overall it was fifty eight to forty two. Um, it was. I mean, it was it was a solid win. It wasn't a resounding mandate. I think we look at you know, for example, the uh, you know strong mayor prop F. We'll get to that one. But right. nonetheless, I mean, it was a you know it was they won by a good a good majority, and I think. And it wasn't just right. it wasn't just liberal and conservative. It was it was right. a combination of both liberal people who consider themselves both liberal or conservative mm-hmm. fusing together to make that fifty eight percent. So it's not like you know you can lean it towards this way or that way. It seems to be also a depending on where you live. Yeah, um, it was interesting too, right? It was interesting too because towards the towards the you know, the week or so, you know, we can have leading into uh, election day on, on, on Saturday, May 1st, you started seeing a lot more pointed, uh, um, you know, social media posts um, from the folks opposing Prod B really targeting this as a Republican issue. Um, and, and, you know, and when just looking at kind of this week, the po- or even Sunday, the postmortems on this from a different Democrat, the Democrats scenario, you know, on, and Republicans, right? A lot of it was, and just what I saw anecdotally on social media, a lot of people, um, one, felt attacked. You know, they felt the, mess- the messaging about why they shouldn't vote for Prop B came down to, if you vote for this, you're a bad person, right? right. And, you know, it's, I mean, you can say that, but then when you're the bad, you know, as we know from just a lot of different issues, social uh, votes in this country, it's one thing to have the, you know, have those, that rhetoric out loud, but it's different when you're in the ballot box, right. And it's, there's no eyes on you that does resonate. But also I think just having that, honestly, having that just, Hey, if you don't vote for this Kron, you're, you're a bad person. That's not only really a winning strategy. I just don't think, you know, that's what it, it bore out. It's not going to work. It's not. And I think or it, it did work here, but it's not going to work. Right. I, now I was me personally, um, I did not support it, but from, from the, for also, but it's not so much that I didn't want people. I, I felt like it was a little bit personally, I'm going to be very specific here. It was a little bit callous to vote the, in, in this way on the standpoint that there wasn't a plan after that, mm-hmm. right? That there, there wasn't like, okay, it was kind of this thing. Well, there's going to be a criminal we're essentially going to criminalize the state of being homeless, but we're not going to have a follow-up plan to what on what to do. And that's I would counter thing. though too because the 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 folks who are supporting Prod B are arguing that there were you know when this was first enacted there wasn't a plan for that, right? True, 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 true. 
I mean, I, I think that was just objective. I think it bore out because there wasn't there wasn't a plan. There was no plan, yeah. and that's the that's the that's the fundamental issue here. I think it. I think I, I agree with you. It cuts in certain directions both ways to whatever split of the pie that you want. But the fact that there is no plan is the fundamental issue here. At the that's end correct. of the day, that's that's, that is a fundamental issue. Is that there is no plan whatsoever that any whether you're liberal. liberal uh, Republican, Democrat, or anything in between or outside, there is no plan. That nobody has any sort of idea how much money should be spent. Um, we're we're not really fortifying the the city. Probably could do a lot more in fortifying the programs that are already already in place, the nonprofits that are already in place to help the homeless. Um, and I think that what people we're going to have to do as a as a group um, in Travis County in general. Um, and this really something around an area because the homeless people are, are everywhere. Um, is that we're going to have to decide to spend some money? It's going to mm-hmm. cost. Like there's nothing about this. All this is going to cost something. Yeah, and, and Karan, those numbers I don't have in front of me, but I know in the weeks leading up to the election day, there was a you know a homelessness summit that brought together public officials, nonprofit sector, and you know private sector, um, and. There have been some articles about the you know the, the fruit the fruits of that of those of that summit. But overall, to your point, there's going to be some spending here. I think, that, and there's a plan that's been formulated or promulgated in the last last week or so. But well, I, it was at least 300 million plus, right? So probably more. I mean, probably in the, probably doing half, you know, uh, 500 million 500 million or so to to implement the series of. Of, uh, of actions would have to be taken to combat this, right? Because it's not, it's not just building, it, it's not a one-stop shop solution, right? There's a, you know, uh, you know it's very, and I, it, it's not, you know, there, it's not just homes, it's, it's substance abuse, it's mental health, uh, you know, a lot of other things going on at race. And so, but the point, the bottom line is it costs money and the city only has so much and nonprofits, you know, don't have so much. And right. I think a lot of it, it, we'll see, you know, a lot of it's going to have to come from the private sector or yeah. in some way or form or this grant, how they want to do it and how that's formulated and done. I think, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, this city, Austin's tout, always touted as being innovative and everything else. So we shall see innovation does require dollars though. <laughs> as we know. It does. Uh, venture yeah. capital, interesting ideas require funding to back them. And we shall see how that bears out. If the, yeah, we'll see how it bears out. Yeah, I mean that's at the end of the day, as you say, it the money is going to cost money talks hundreds of millions of dollars, but it's going to cost, and it's going to cost somebody. So it's probably going to be Austin Austinites, uh, people in Travis County, and um, for me, I'm for it. But a lot of people are not. It's going to be. It's going to continue to be a contentious well, issue. It's like there's taxpayer money, but I'm talking. There's that money, but the real, the major, major dollars. Right. I don't see how you do any of this stuff without major, you know, big companies getting involved. Well, and then the, the thing about and major business groups can involve too, organizations. That's going to and that's going to be fraught with all sorts of other, <laughs> other, other well, sorts. Well, of I think I, mean, I know. I mean, I've, right. I've, I've been, I've been in these. You know, it's, it's, it's the theory of yeah, we want to be involved in this, right? But you see this with like campaigns too. It's um, with big, you know, major contributions. Everyone wants to have their seat at the table, and everyone yep. wants to have their hand on the driver's seat. Um, but because while I think 
the overall the funding i think is you know for to do any kind of plan like this is gonna have to come a lot majorly from the business community um that funding necessarily doesn't mean they control it and that's gonna mean that's gonna be the tension folks are going to cut checks but ultimately they're going they're going to want to treat this like a business and this isn't a business right this is a humanitarian effort that you know we'll, we'll again we'll see how it plays out but i think that to me the tension is going to be there where yeah, the dollar amount and then well wanting their dollars to go to x y and z things versus you know letting it be unencumbered what's the word Unre- unrestricted right. for these uses but we shall see how the next uh several years play out i mean this is going to definitely overlap with uh the next round of council elections including for mayor in 2022 sure. and that's a good uh segue uh you can talk about prop d which is going to switch mayoral elections to, which passed, by the way, 66% to 34%, um, but switch mayoral elections from, to, to align them with presidential years. Which um, essentially is going to make whoever becomes, um, you know, if, if, if Adler does not run in 20, for 2020. Well, he's termed out. He can't run. He could do a petition. Right. Well, that's not, right. I don't think he's going to run. So it's going to be a new, new mayor. I, I, that mayor is going to probably, it's going to be, in it's somewhere between sort of a lame duck and a it's gonna be their 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 agenda is gonna have to be very con, very conservative Correct. in terms of um what they think they can get done yeah right? and i'll add too because the next well the, just to educate folks the next presidential election is until 2024 uh but because mayor adler is termed out they're gonna have to do the election now that whoever wins uh to replace mayor adler is only gonna have a two-year term and then have to turn around and run again um, in the presidential year in 2024. Um, so I agree, right? It's it, it's the it's, it's the line of well, it can go one of two ways, right? You could have someone who because it's it could you know it's 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 less than ideal for someone who's running for two. You basically have one year of being mayor and then have to turn around. No, I actually take that back. As soon as you win, you're running again for 2024. Running again, and yeah, so running. you could either have someone come in and you know we wouldn't know this, uh, but make that deal with their placeholder and they're there just to keep the things as they go until 2024. And then they're, you know, they, they say they promise they won't run. Right. Which right. We'll, we know that that can go. Um, or you have someone who comes in and they, they, they're, they're, they had the resources and the, the willpower to know that this is when they, they're basically going to be running for four, for, uh, for four years as, you know, including running uh, for tw- in 2022, five sure. years. So who those people, who that person is, will be interesting, person, persons rather are, will be interesting to see. Um, regardless, it'll be interesting to see, but I think with this, it'll be, it adds another nuance to it that I hadn't thought about, but you're right. And, you know, we, we don't know. I'm always curious about like, just thinking about what, what, what could be the politics of 2021, 2022, right? Cause we saw all the words last year. I mean, and these things can come about, right? Like, they ebb and flow, but it's always one thing, right? Our country can only handle one kind of thing at a time, whether it's Which racial, the race conversation right. or, or sexual harassment conversation or, you know, school shooting, whatever it may be. But we can only do one at a time, unfortunately. It's not, right. it, and I think that's borne out. It's true. Um, because I keep, I mean, I always ask people, what, what was a big thing two years ago? What was a big scandal two years ago, right? I'm right. not asking you, but I'm saying like it's always one thing, but like we can't, our, our national focus can only handle one thing at a time. It's, it's 100% true. 
Yeah. So I'm really curious, like what, you know, I mean, and these things, you know, look, remember with with me too, right. That's still, that's still a movement, but me too was moving hard and strong. And then you had the unfortunate, the Parkland shooting. Right. And that, boom. I mean, it kept the movement and the issues are going, but it, in that, in the national consciousness, Park, you know, big school shootings, Parkland became center view. And that was, you know, that, that took over. Right. And then right. it was the next thing, the next thing. And so I wonder, you know, I really, I mean, it, there'll always be something. I mean, think of that Billy Joel song, we didn't set the fire. It's always gonna be something. <laughs> I I'm, right. I'm dating myself. I was, I was a, I was a child. I was a baby when that song came out, but it's, I think that song bears true continually because what is it going to be that thing? Right. It's hard to tell. I mean, at this point, I mean, we're in the, we're, what's centered, what we're on right now was a, obviously a lot of, of police accountability um, with the, 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 the deaths, the recent shootings and, and, and deaths um, and convictions. So, you know, maybe that might be. Still, man, I mean, you know, I think at least that issue, it's, uh, well, that, that issue is something that it's, you know, we're both, uh, we're both in our late thirties, early forties. So like, it ain't changing, man. That thing, unfortunately, like in terms of minority black killings, right, or however you want to call it with police interactions, is I'll be 38 this month. I don't foresee that changing in our lifetimes, just to be honest, right? I think reforms, I, I think reforms no, will happen. I, I reforms will happen. But dude, there are things I can look we can look back at issues from when our grandparents around, right? We've seen these headlines, the ones we know about. And I'm hopeful, right? But yeah. You know, it's Dude, hard man, to, you know, especially not in two years, you know, especially not, not in the years. context of well, what, we're, what we're talking yeah, about. So we'll no. have these things. I mean, and it not, this is, I don't say this to diminish any of the work or the work that needs to continue to make the people accountable and to change and the systems can change because even 40 years ago, the things we're doing now, you know, we wouldn't be here 40 years ago, probably 60 years ago, rather, we right. wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing right. So change happens, but you know, it's this, this, these incidents aren't, this isn't, it's not a, a way, you know, a recent wave. It's been going on forever. And, it, and the only difference is now we have video cameras recorded to what, to what end that those do. It's, it's like going to be a much. generational effort. I mean, that's not I agree. multi-generational, multi-generational. This is not just going to be something that's going to be, you know, weeding out these bad apples and, yeah. you know, the, that kind of argument. It's not really about that. This is kind of a systemic thing. It took years. It took generations to get here. Yeah, not to say that it, it, change can happen. It's just, just seeing, I, I'm cautious, I'm cautiously optimistic about what the future holds, but I know that it's going to be a slow change, but change will happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so with strong, so let's get to strong mayor. Uh, that was prop F and this was, um, you know, it was, this was a resounding defeat uh strong mayor would have changed Austin, moved Austin from a council manager form of government where the city manager is the CEO to a strong mayor form where the mayor would have come up the dais and become the CEO of the city, uh, replacing the city manager and their leadership team. This went down, uh, well, it was defeated 86% to 14%. And, you know, just what do you, you know, what were your thoughts on that, on this one? I think there are a couple of issues here. Um, well, my thought, I, I'm very surprised at the vote. I'll say it like I'll say that. I'm 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 a little bit surprised. How so? Um, not so much that it 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 that it failed, but by it failed so resoundingly. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I thought that um, I, I just thought that it would lean a little bit towards, you know, at least kind of a 40, 60 split. You know, I, I didn't yeah. think it was going to pass, but not to this level. I mean, yeah. it's something. I thought I, I thought similarly that you would fall along the lines of prop B where, I mean, again, from what I saw anecdotally, you had a lot of folks, um, a lot of chatter online, Twitter, Facebook, for the supporters of prop B we're also commenting about prop F that, you know, we don't want to give certain members of council or people with such similar, with similar alignments, more power. Right. And, right. and I, so I, I thought, like, I figured, okay, you know, again, most of the council didn't support it either. I don't think any of them publicly supported or most they, of them, no one publicly supported it. And most members of council are publicly against it. Um, right. But for it to go to that, put, you know, I mean, again, prop B passed 58% to 42% more even split, right? You probably had as many Republicans and Democrats voting for it as against it. Um, that Prop F went skewed that much, um, you know. But for different reasons, right? Different like, reasons, but why do you think the numbers were that skewed though? Because there are more think, people, go ahead. I think go- almost all conservatives who voted for in, in this, for that, in, you know, for that particular, thinking about that particular proposition, I think that they were like, they're, their fear is that a a a what they're going to call a far left, even though I would not I would not call Greg Kassar a far left in the in the global sort of context of politics. But that's a whole other sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? Um, I wasn't going to mention names, but yeah, fair but enough. I that, am. Was, that was one that, that that's the name, yeah. But that's the name. He's for for these people. He's the, he's the he's sort of the uh, Doros. The, the, yeah, exactly. You know, he's the boogeyman. They would not like to see somebody like him. It doesn't have to be him specifically, but it's the the the, the ideology they do. They do not want to see that in as at the head of the city. Yeah, and Karan, let me say it too because I, I mean I think particularly because, and this is an objective statement. I think Councilmember Councilmember Kassar is Greg Kassar is has you know, you love him or hate him, but his, he has right. been effective in, in pushing or getting his policies through council, sure. whether that was, you know, he was the main proponent for the, the repeal of the homelessness ordinance or the uh, homelessness ordinances um, and a number, number, several other issues of the past several years, but he's been effective and yeah. he, he builds coalitions and he wins. And he that, does. I think that it's more, it's, it's, it's not just his politics such as they are, but it's the fact that he is effective and they know it, right? And like my fraternity used to have a saying, has a saying, like it was loved or hated, but never ignored. And that, that <laughs> with him, the guy, you don't, because if he was milk toast, they wouldn't care, right? But he does, he gets things done. Yes, it does. He does. He does. And so I think that uh, to that end of the spectrum, I think that that was their kind of like, okay, we don't want this person who can get stuff done, getting things done in, in this with other real path. power, with real power too. With real, real strength. Um, or exec- executive sort of- power. Right. So, and then I think on the, on the, the, the other side of it, um, because I think, I mean, he was also, he thought it was kind of like the, the push in the, in the right direction. So I, it's kind of a multiple of things kind of, kind of pulling together here. A, I don't think there was enough public discussion about the change in government. People don't really understand the history behind a lot of the city manager mayoral sort of the combinations that we've had in the city. So I think that would have probably been to the benefit of everyone, I'll say. Um, 
so I think that kind of the lack of history and all that kind of kind of played into it. But then also, I, I think that the idea it just scares people, it, which is the irony is 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 so interesting to me that there is a fear of a person having this sort of overwhelming power, right? This voted on person that they will have this overwhelming power. And yet, in, still, in, in maintaining the city manager government, you're going to, you're maintaining a person who has um, essentially no, the public has no say on this person, on the city manager. So it's it's weird. It's it's interesting. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be interested in talking to some people and kind of asking them kind of, what is it that you really appreciate about the city manager form of government versus the strong, you know, so... Or and that's the thing. That's something that you we would have if we had a larger public discussion about it. We probably could have went more into the nuances of yeah. the difference between the two and what have been good or bad. Like I'm either or, you know, whatever direction that you you leaned in or whatever you think. Obviously, eighty six percent didn't don't don't want the strong mayor. But I think a little a more nuanced discussion about it in public um, would have probably given a, a lot more like fidelity to what the, the pros and cons of each system would have been. And mm -hmm. then also including kind of an historical context to it, I think it would have made a difference. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if it, I feel like this is going to come back though. For some reason, I we'll feel see. like it's going to come back. I feel so, you know, I mean, and I, you know, I, I had both groups of both the, the folks who were, who are supportive, the, the group that was for Strong Mayor and, and pushing for and the group that was opposing it on on the show at different times, right? And, you know, I never, I had my views on, on you know, where I stood, but I never really, I didn't, I never said anything publicly or took a position on it. I'll say, though, that, you know, I think, I think to your point, having more time, so, you know, the Austin Knights for Progressive Reform launched this campaign and publicly in the summer, I think in July of 2020, 2020, and right. then you layer that on top of, I mean, just the ability to not have public meeting. I mean, they did a lot. They did, I think, both sides as well as they could in terms of, you know, Zoom calls, those kind of things, right? But having direct uh, engagement with the electorate and I think having more time too, right? I mean, it, I mean, I think just people's focus was off because the summer, I mean, you still had, I mean, COVID's or, or it was a cloud of everything, but, you know, APD, I think the summer was dominated more by APD maybe the budget the battles than this. And even though to a degree, the a shift, you know, the, the city manager's decision or, or, or decision not to act with Chief Manley was, um, I know you, was a talking point for putting to a strong mayor. Right. It still wasn't enough time. I think people, I mean, I think the general, the general electorate believes thought Mayor Adler was the strong, at least the mayor's seat was already a strong mayor. Right. Right. And but I think too, I mean, there was a lot of maybe six months or a little under six months, right? Wasn't, no, it was more than six months. Wasn't, um, wasn't necessarily enough time to really educate people like or make other mechanics of it, right? Because there were still questions, okay, we know the veto, we know mayor's veto power, we know the council can have a super major or a majority to override. But, you know, man, dude, it's not, and I think, you know, for example, it's not like Austin is quick to adapt to anything that's new and innovative anyway, right? So I think, as our city grows, I agree this will come back. I don't know if it will happen in this decade, right? right? But wow! But again, I look at an example like you look at, 
not apples to apples, but you look at with uh, light rail. I remember hearing about light rail, uh, people talking about light rail when I was a kid in Austin. So this was mid, you know, mid, mid, late nineties. We're hearing talk about light rail. It took Project Connect, the first iteration of that that went down, um, what, five, six, five, six years ago. Yeah. That went down, they came back, had a better, I think had a better campaign. And it was actually, it was similar because the first time they did it, it wasn't clear. You had no benefit. Like, how is it going to benefit District 8? How is it going to benefit District 6 in one map? It was just, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Right. This time around, you had a very coordinated program that showed you all the routes. Uh, you know, kind of like the MC, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe uh, rollout of like a right. 2022, right. 2024. Right. So you can see it. And they won. They won They won by a good, a strong margin. And so to your point, I think, you know, I don't, as a firm, like as a lobbyist, you know, because I know there was rhetoric about, well, people are afraid of this sh- changing power and losing power. Uh, dude, if Strong Mayor went through nothing, what means substantively in terms of the players, if you will, the sandbox of this stuff, nothing would have changed because you would adapt. I mean, the people who, you would adapt and, and, and figure it out, but nothing that would substantively change besides. So there's new power over here where power goes. You know, people will shift their lens and now they got to lobby the mayor and their office and lobby council. And but nothing would have changed that way. Those players would have just the, would have adapted. The, the, the smart ones would have adapted and gotten on the program, right? Oh, early because um, you're not you don't erase that kind of stuff. Um, I never I just think that as a strong as strong mark as a strong argument for it. I think because uh, you know people are entrenched for a reason. <laughs> Some people are entrenched for a reason, um, and then on the lobby side, I mean you know the best lobbyists the, the lobbyists always deal with uncertainty. You know people are people are like, be in office, out of office, and that's the name of this game if you were right this enterprise sure. so so switching to prop g which was the 11th council district this one actually was a lot more aligned with uh prop b in terms of the numbers right so this went this was to create this was to create an 11th council district it lost by it failed it lost by uh by 57 percent um but it was a little more balanced along the lines of prop b right right I mean, what are your thoughts on that one? Just why, you know, and again, Prop F and Prop G were supposed, we were, were, were very, inter, were intertwined. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, I'm still kind of working that out because I'm, I'm, in one way, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's okay that it didn't pass because there probably would have been a situation where there would have been a lot of, uh, there could have been situations of gridlock, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have um, twelve now it's ten and one should have been twelve, right? Mm-hmm. So you have twelve, and it, you could have six, six, so and, you know things like that. So and you don't want that. It, that would that would make for an inefficient um, city council um, in a in, in a job that's already tough as is, right? So, however, I also see the the benefit of um, of a city council that would have would be a little bit more represent representative, um, specifically for like uh, the uh, Asian American community. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that that would have I see that as that would something that's probably overdue at this point. Um, yeah, that's all. I, 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 it, it's it's interesting. So you add that. It's hard to speculate what would have happened, you know, either either direction. But I do think fundamentally 
that I think that I do believe that the Asian community probably should have something, um, you know, we don't call it, you know, we don't call district one, like the, 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 the black district and we don't call the, you know, you know, we don't, it was, district we, one was drawn. I mean, was drawn to be an African-American or a black or right. African-American opportunity district in districts two, three, sorry. Yeah. Two, three, and four were drawn to be Hispanic opportunity districts. So we should be doing that probably for Asian Americans. Um, in the community. I see that happening sooner than I agree. I see that happening for sure. Sooner than um, strong mayor coming back and winning because I think, I mean, as we know, the Asian American population or the AAPI population in Austin is, I mean, there, there's more that group than in our black people, black people right. in the city proper. Right. And, you know, that, that, that demographic, at least what I've seen, you know, what I've seen anecdotally just, you know, with during election season, um, is a uh, pretty well organized in terms of like the traditional pack giving events and you know draw you know, drawing fund fundraising right then right. relative like they're not as, it's not it's, it's more grass tops and grassroots they have that but like i've seen i've been to you know i've been to events where they're doing it the way i would do it if i was you know if i was running a pack or some kind of thing right kind of thing right and so but i think that group the group is it's it, it's steadily been growing for a number of years and while you know while i mean i think it, you know they're not it's it's it, it spans uh, socioeconomic groups right but on the whole sure. a, on the average they are that that demographic is excused you know wealthier and more educated sure. and i've i mean i've, I've talked to their number, number of players who have run in the past and i'm will still or i'm sure eyeing one of these seats in the future, and there are folks who are in you know in their twenties and thirties coming up who are looking at this stuff. No question, no question. I mean, I, to me, it, it's inevitable. In my opinion, I think it's gonna you know it may not have passed this time, but I think with a little bit more focus, I think that it will going forward. I think the focus, and again, this is part of the the the, the argument for not putting such you know significant amendments <laughs> to the city charter on a May ballot, if you, you know, this probably could have passed had it been, you know, had there been a longer lead time, you mm -hmm. know, into, into November. Right. So, um, you know, so I, I think this will, this, there, there's going to be some lesson learned lessons learned here in terms of um, a lot of the stuff and when and where you put it on ballots. Um, but I think this is definitely going to make a return. Long story yeah. Short, and you know, I think it ties into, Right, you know, currently there's a citizens commission that's that's uh, that is redrawing our current ten council districts, and I'm curious how much. I mean, even though you know this was, if it, if prop prop G had passed, they could have integrated that into the, the you know to their redrawing. But the census data, I mean, they're drawing these, they're, they're redrawing the, the the boundaries of the ten ten districts based off census data. Which I mean, in one way or form, and I'm sure there are groups that are lobbying, for, you know, for this. Could even if it wasn't explicitly, but by the but just by the way it's drawn, have a stronger concentration of AAPI AAPI uh, population electorate electorate in right. that district. Right. And most Agreed. likely that happened. I mean, I mean, most likely that'd be D six or D ten. Probably. Yeah, more most likely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that'll be for those who are looking to run. Yeah, for yeah, <laughs> for sure. And that's what I mean. Uh, that's just that's just is what it is. But I think, um, 
I am curious too with District One how that goes. That's going to be very tricky because because you're 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 gonna it's gonna be the the consent you you're 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 gonna be looking at the census data, and then there's going to be a historical aspect that is gonna be in strict you know it's gonna be directly yeah. tied to that. So and dude, I wonder. I mean, how how long you know it's. And we, this is a carryover for our conversation in the last show, right? But it's it's at some point, man. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be. A, I mean, the last time, prop the the first D one election that would be a runoff, right? Right, right? And you know, with history and everything else, that only goes so far, right? right. With people, there are folks coming every day who's. You know, I mean, it's not. It's not gonna. You can't rely just on that, right? Eventually, that's gonna turn, because that, that district's yeah. already turned. A quarter. Oh, it's chapter, I mean, that's, that's well, well, far. So, that's, yeah, it's not to say that you know. In my mind, you know, it, it's just until, and I hope I'm I'm I'm, I'm hopeful this happens in this decade. Um, you know, I I want just personally, you know, as an, as a black Austinite, I would like to see more more black Austinites who are, who are who could win council legitimately, you know, legitimately win or not. Sorry, who could win? Um, who could win and do win and not just in the areas that have historically been quote unquote, not quote unquote, have historically been black. Because That's I think, I, don't, I think I know you, you and I both know people. I mean, this, I can extend this to, to the Hispanic population, but because we're both black, I'm focusing on that. They have great ideas and great, and they have all, have all the things to be a great official. All right. A, a great elect or a great uh, elected official. And, but, you know, I, it's just, it's just, there's this, there's, I don't know if it's a mental block or what that's keeping folks kind of that, you know, that makes the viability of that, the viability of that go down once you cross over I-35 going west. Yes. Because I see it. I mean, I feel it, dude. Like I'm, I'm as, you know, what's the word? I'm as, um, uh, what's the word? Assimilated as you, as can be in terms of uh, the culture of Austin, right? The, the majority culture of Austin. And I see it. And I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm hopeful in this next cycle. I think there are some brothers and sisters I've seen and spoken with who have that thing that, you know, you want to call it crossover appeal, right? Them, because that's what, that's what it's going to take. And, and then, you know, and then something extra, but I'm hopeful for that. And I think it's our city will be well served because it, like with anything else, we, you know, it, it's those folks have great ideas and great, great ambitions for the city and great love for the city. I think, I think, I mean, the reality of the, the, the other realities of it is just, look, the demographics are changing and we need to have elected officials that represent the demographics, right? So to me, that at, at the end of the day, that's, that's really what it's about. Um, it needs to, you, I mean, let me be careful on what I say. And because I don't, I don't really want to make people upset or or having, but we have to kind of think, consider the the what the projections look like and think about. Let's just do it like that. Well, we we need to vote along or elect people along the projections that we're doing. We need to look for the future, not um, where it's getting browner. This is a city that's getting browner. This is a city that gets that, and you know. We were going down. A black, the black population was going down, um, but I know that 
I feel like when we start doing the numbers back over again, um, the new census numbers, I think there is going to be, especially over the next, you know, five, six, seven years, it's going to be, it may not be the old black Austinites that were here. There'll be new ones that are here. Be and that's going to be an interesting thing, too. I think it's already, it's already happening, right? Right. Her it's folks. already happening. So it's going to be different. It's going to be different. It's going to yeah, be it's fundamentally it's, different. It's going to be a different sort of Black person that's here. And I, that sounds funny for even me saying that. But it'll be a different constituency. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's folks who are newer, who probably most likely are coming. And I know this just, again, anecdotally from folks who have reached out to me who are relocating here, either uh, they're single or they're, bring, you know, they're relocating here with their families. Right. From major markets, from Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, yep. uh, New York, LA, New York. and I mean, they're coming here. They're coming here with professional, like white collar jobs, six figure jobs, right? And they're more money. They're more money. A, lot, a lot more money and a lot more. It's interesting too, as side conversation with these folks, right? I mean, they have disposable income to want to to be engaged because they have, you know, they have. There's a level of they have at least either monetary, a lot of it monetarily in the system because they're they're coming from from uh, cities where they've been just you know that level of involvement in their in their communities, right? Yeah, I, I, and I, I what I mean by that is like like pat you know is is in like give you know major like donor giving, right? Like cutting checks. Yeah. yeah, I think the better fusion that's found between this new group of black folk moving into the city, if they fuse together with the people who already are here, I, I think that's the key. That's going to be the key here. It's, it's going to be more of a thing of, you know, because these people are coming in, they're going to be kind of scattered. Mm -hmm. But the better fusion they have with the black community that's already here, it'll be better for not only the black community as a whole in Austin, but better also for the city of Austin. Um, I think that's that's the, the better stratification you have. You have people, black people with money, little money, you know, da, 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 people who are tra transplants from other places. And but the better fusion they have, the better for everyone, not just for black people, but for ev literally everyone. Um, so I'm 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 wondering how that's going to go. It's as it's going right now. I mean, we'll see. District one is going to be that's going to be of the all the districts. That's going to be the one um, that's that's going to be indicative of our future. I'll say that the, mm -hmm. the state of black people. Okay, and in my opinion, the state of black people wherever you are is indicative of what the city means, what the policy of that city is, um, where that the future of that city is. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's going to be the that's one I, to me that is the great question that I have about Austin proper is what happens in that district and and as and in turn what hap, what's happening with Black people. Um, I, and I think that's just a universal thing. Yeah, and that's we'll we'll know pretty we'll know in the near term that seat district district one seat is up for you know, Mayor Pro Tem Harvey Madison seat is up for seat for reelection in twenty twenty two. Our twenty year in twenty 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 two cycle. So we'll 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 know sooner rather than later on that one. I think she's done a great job, you know, in the first I can't believe it's already been <laughs> she's that you were already that far to her, but she's been the, I, I personally think she's been effective. Um, sure. so with that, Karan, uh we're gonna sign off for this week. Uh, again, we'll have your your uh, write up up later today. 
And um, as always, thanks for your time and your insight. And we'll talk Ooh. next week sooner. Quick, I do think have the discussion, the um, the look about you know the Austin's, you know, I would say just a recent you know the influx of 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 uh, black folks coming to Austin and what they're doing, you know, and we're looking to gauge demographically, right. Is, is interesting to me as that much as that, how they plug are plugging into, you know, the, I guess the, the existing black community will be interesting, but picking up on the business, on the political side. Right. Agree. I mean, I don't, you know, (laughs) we'll see. I know there's just so many questions that it's hard to really so many questions. It's so, and it's interesting to me. It'll be, it's really hard for me to speculate. I have certain ideas of how it could go. Um, some of them extremely controversial, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna wait on some of that stuff. I'm not gonna, uh, you know, just kind of spill that. I may end up writing about it too in the, in the very near term. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And again, yeah. some of it, some of it may play out. I mean, I'd be curious, just, you know, we can talk one-on-one about those, those thoughts and flesh them out, but some of those may play, may very well play out in this next two years leading up to the next oh, election cycle. 100%, I believe that, 100%. Yeah. All right, Karan, thanks for your time. We'll talk soon. All right.